Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My spider senses are starting to tingle. Hello and welcome to the 17th episode of the comic show on Monkeys Fighting Robots. This week we have a double dose of Batman for you. Uh, the rules of engagement start in Batman number 33, and the, the Metal Dark Knights tie-ins continue with Batman the Drowned. We're also talking about Sherlock Frankenstein and the Legion of Evil, the first spin-off from Black Hammer over at Dark Horse. And then we're doing something a little bit different kind of venturing out of our comfort zone on this show, and we're going to talk about some manga and some webtoons with a very special guest. I am your host, Anthony Composto. I'm also the comics editor of Monkeys Fighting Robots. My usual co-host, Matthew Sardo, is not joining me today. Uh, it's really funny, actually. Ever since our Halloween episode last week, no one's seen or heard from Matt. Actually, I did, uh, I did get a voicemail from him, but I think it was a butt dial because it just sounded like a, a bunch of gibberish. Uh, maybe it... Maybe it was Latin. I don't know. I'm sure he's fine. Guys, if you like the show, please subscribe on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Comment, tweet at us, let us know what books you want us to talk about, let us know what you're reading, and uh, let's let's get a dialogue going, because I, I, I love when you guys tweet suggestions at me. I've picked up some really good books from you guys. And please also make sure to rate and review us on iTunes. It takes two seconds, just please give us a quick five-star review. It'll really help us jump up in the charts. The comic show is now sponsored by Uncanny Heroes in Tampa. There are a ton of trades and graphic novels coming out each week, and at Uncanny Heroes, everyday trades and graphic novels are 25% off. Uncanny Heroes is located at 12904 North 56th Street in Temple Terrace. Check them out on the web at uncannyheroes.com and like them on Facebook at Uncanny Heroes Tampa. Support your local comic book store, people. We've also partnered up with Nerd Roast Coffee Company. Nerd Rose Coffee Company has a unique origin. Nerd Rose Coffee Company is what happens when developers, designers, and other nerds come together to create the perfect coffee. They wanted to make delicious coffee that will give you the kick you need to get through your day, and each bag of coffee features unique comic book artwork. Check them out on the web at nerdrose.com and use promo code MONKEYS15 for 15% off your order. Once again, that's nerdrose.com, promo code MONKEYS15 for 15% off your order. I actually got my first bag of Nerd Roast in the mail. Uh, I had it this morning for the first time. Nice medium roast Colombian. I highly recommend it. I also saw on their uh, social media that they're running low on Brazilian and Costa Rican due to the hurricanes. So if Brazilian and Costa Rican coffee is what you're looking for, hurry up. Get to Nerd Roast. All right. Now with all that all that out of the way, time to introduce uh, my special co-host this week. Since I don't have Matt, uh, y- you've, you've heard about her many times on the show. You've heard her briefly in the background, and uh, she's kind of stolen the show the few times that she's popped up. It's my girlfriend, Brooke Thomas. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. I should have taken a bigger bribe. I don't have to bribe. You're my girlfriend. You love me. If I asked you to co-host a show, you'd do it out of love, not out of bribery. Bribery is very close. (laughs) 
And we'll discuss payment later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are actually uh, a good fill-in here. This isn't just, um, what is it, nepotism. You're not just co-hosting because you're my girlfriend. Like, you are a big nerd yourself. You know, we've been dating for four years, and in that time, I've gotten you into different indie comics and kind of gotten you back into superhero comics, but you were reading comics long before we got together. Yeah, no, uh, ever since I was a little kid, my uncle had Spider-Man comics, and uh, I would read them, and then I got out of it for a long time, and then I discovered manga and webtoons, yeah. and I've been with it ever since. Which we'll be talking about later. And you knew quite a bit, actually, about like DC Comics that even I didn't know about when we started dating four years ago. You kind of schooled me on a lot of things. Your you, face after I told you about Vibe was amazing. You knew who Vibe was? Yeah, you did. I know. For you, once, I could school you on some sort of comic book information, yeah. and I wasn't being... Uh, fed stuff <laughs> down the throat no you know you do know your stuff and you're still kind of my go-to on some dc uh deep cut things if i don't know a character or something i'll, I'll run it by you first because you and a lot of your stuff comes from animation as well does you're a huge you know justice league jlu fan teen titans oh, man best animation that they could have ever put out yeah you're huge into that and i mean and that carries over because you actually you went you tracked down the whole wolfman and perez new teen titans run oh, that was so much fun it was. So we love hunting for comics together. So yeah, you're a great guest to have on this show today. And before we start, before we get to, you know, manga and webtoons, I want to talk about with you and some other indie stuff. We got some Batman to talk about. We love talking about Batman on this show as much as we like talking about indie comics and the artistry and the craft of comics. I feel like deep down we're all, you know, there's just still those kids sitting in our parents' basement watching Batman the Animated Series and geeking out. So... I want to talk about Batman, especially because we've been tracking it on this show so so much recently. And we're going to start. We have rules of engagement in Batman number 33. This is spinning out of the proposal that Matt and I have been talking about so much recently. Yeah, and the proposal. The Batman proposal. got his proposal out of the way before you did. Oh, we're going there already. Yeah. Why, why did I choose this book? <laughs> I should not have... Oh, I did not think this through at all. Jesus. <laughs> blame Tom King. I'm going to blame Tom King. I always do, but I love him so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is the follow-up. So Bruce and Selina are, you know, out there in the desert. They're going, you know, spoiler alert for Batman 33. They're kind of going out into the desert, into forbidden territory. And we'll talk about, the, you know, what they're doing a little bit later. Meanwhile, Alfred's back at the mansion, kind of breaking the news to the Robins, Dick and Jason, Damien. And uh, Duke Thomas, who's not a Robin, but he's breaking the news to them about the proposal. And I like this issue. It was good. It was uh, a good Alfred boy issue, too. I mean, and of course, Ace is always great. Never wanting to, you know, give them any slack. The boys, at least. He loves Alfred, but I love that. Given. Yeah, I love that Tom King's brought Ace the Bat Hound back into prominence. It's, it's great. He's brought, some, he's, brought, he's brought the Bat Hound back in. He's brought Kite Man back to prominence. Uh, the Bat Cow gets <laughs> a mention. Like, Tom King just loves his deep cuts. You know how you said I can't have a cow? You can't have a cow. But Batman has a cow. I, you know, this is one line in the stand that I'm drawing where I, I will not be like Batman. We're not getting a cow. I don't care how soft their ears are. I know they're really Even soft. a miniature one? E we're not getting even a miniature cow. Damn. I'll draw the line at, like, quails. Oh, okay. No chickens, though. What if chicken. I named the cow quail? Not the technicalities. You're not, getting, you're, not getting, you're not getting through on a technicality here. But you know, you mentioned Alfred and the boys, and that was like my favorite part of the issue. Like the Batman and Catwoman in the desert stuff was cool and it was fine. 
But I really wanted to see more and more of Alfred and the boys. I would have loved it if Batman was there to kind of, you know, interact with them. Because that's what I want from this. When Tom King was teasing this follow-up, he was talking about how post-proposal, there's going to be a big reaction from the Robins, from the whole Bat family, from Alfred, from the Justice League, kind of. Everyone's going to have a different opinion on the proposal. Some people are going to be for it. Some people are going to be against it. Some people are going to think, you know, Batman's kind of gone off the rails. Well, and you you love that internal family strife and struggle. And like when they had the Superman and Jonathan run between him and his son, you like that close tight-knit family story. You hated when they put Peter Parker into, you know, a corporate setting. You wanted them to bring him back to his roots, what they just did recently. And you like that close, tight-knit story. I do. I love Spider-Man Renew Your Vows because it's him with his family. I do like that stuff. You're, you're absolutely right. I'm sure that's what appealed to me the most about it because it has heart. Because, I, you know, I love watching the boys interacting. You know, they're finishing each other's sentences. There's that great panel where they're all kind of talking about, oh, let me guess, Batman has a deep, dark secret that he's keeping from his friends and family, and it's going to je uh, jeopardize everything we know and love. Oh, my God. And they're all, like, kind of finishing each other's sentences. Which they can all handle. They can handle him almost destroying the world, but, but him, when Alfred <laughs> breaks the news. But him getting engaged to Catwoman is where they all kind of have, like, a big... Uh, a that will bring Damien to tears. That will bring Damien to tears, as Jason says. This is like, you know, the end times. And that's actually a, a good transition, because Damien's in tears because he knows what Batman and Selina are doing in the desert. They're going to see his mother, Talia al Ghul. Yes. What is he doing? I do not know. I don't get it. Why are they going to see her? Is the, Do they have some sort of, like, agreement with each other? Are they pre-betrothed or is he worried that Talia might come after Selena? I'm thinking that has to be it because like he's turned his back on her many times like Damien chose to be with Batman you know she she killed Damien and everything like that and and Bruce had to bring him back like I'm pretty sure they are not like betrothed and need to be together I think I'm thinking it's probably more just he is afraid of the repercussions yeah uh, I'm interested to see where it plays out but I really do kind of Hope they get back to Gotham City sooner than later. And it, it, or just the regular DC universe. Even it, He doesn't have to be interacting with the Robins, even though I, I really want to see that. But I also want to see him interacting with Superman, mm -hmm. who, who I think will be for it, as someone who's married with a kid. You know, I'm sure he'll... Something to ground him. Yeah, and then, you know, but, you know, then he'll interact with other League members who won't get it so It'll much. It'll be interesting to see that dynamic because the Robins have always been his ground ground wire ground pole whatever yeah. you want to call it as they it. say in the comic they were like why weren't you watching him like you're robin you're supposed to be the one who's the like, one that's supposed to take care of him, yeah, him yeah. from doing crazy things and and now selena is entering the picture in a more permanent setting than just you know coming in and out of his life at random i don't know i'm, I'm interested the most to see dick's reaction to it mm. as the robin that was around first and the one who's arguably closest to him and knows him Maybe the best. I don't know. Damien's his son, but I mean, Dick's still been around. I mean, Alfred obviously knows him the best, and I want to. I want to see that. Like at the start of this issue, Alfred already knows that they're engaged, which means Bruce told him. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have seen that conversation. Well, Alfred, you could already tell from the way he's approaching the boys. He knows it's going to be a touchy subject. He's probably worried about it. He's trying to break it to him easily enough, and and then you see the results of him just simply telling them that they're engaged and it's just like what just utter a, disbelief <laughs> that was that was the was, dumbfounded faces were the 
best. It was just a hysterical two panels back to back. and It was. I, I just giving credit where credit's due. Art on this book is from Joelle Jones uh, with color from Jordi Belair. And I, I love Jordi Belair's colors and uh, I'll rave about them all the time. Joelle Jones' pencils are, are good here. I like them for the most part. In the desert, they're really good with Batman and Selina. Back at the mansion, there's some... I don't really like the way she does Alfred. The boys are a little hit and miss. The faces are a little rough. A little rough. I, I did like that panel with the boys where they were just kind of dumbfounded. It, it was... It is very difficult to differentiate between the three boys' facial Yeah, they needed... That's features. why... And that's why they were all had, like, the different colored shirts on, I feel like, to kind of help differentiate them. Because, like, yeah. I, I didn't know that was Jason. I had no idea. He was sitting there tugging on the jacket with Ace, and I'm like, which one is that? Was that Tim? I couldn't figure it out. But then again, you said Tim was gone. I haven't been keeping up with the Batman story. Sorry, people. Yeah, Tim's gone, but I mean, oh man, Detective Comics, Lonely Place of Living is... is get back on subject. Oh, I'm sorry, I'll get back on subject. It's so good, though. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I mean, I, was, I wasn't I was against the art. It was fine. I miss David Finch on this book. David Finch was the artist that started Batman Rebirth with Tom King, and he was... On and off, you know, the twice monthly shipping is hard on the artists, so they usually have to put, bring in multiple artists. Yeah. But Finch hasn't been on this book in a while, and throughout the War of Jokes and Riddles, you know, it was like Mikhail Janine and, you know, a few other people sprinkled in, and I was really hoping that now that we were past that, David Finch would come back. And, you know, I like David Finch. We met him at a con. I got to talk to him. We did. And I thought this would be his return. I, so I don't know if he's off the book completely, but you... You and I come at comics from like a different place because like I love writing, I love story, I love I love themes, and I love analyzing things, and I like art, and I know how to talk about art and stuff. But you, art is your primary focus. You as someone who who draws yourself, and you're into the the whole more cra I'm more crafty than a drawler. But you but you're into art, and you understand art and the basics and stuff like that. So you get into that. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's where I wanted to kind of take some things with you because you can speak to art probably better than I can here. And you've already said that you were not totally against the art in this book. You actually thought that it was... It, it was okay. It had its yeah. moments where it dipped a little bit, but overall it was fine. Well, you know, I, like you said, I'm a stickler for art. And if I do not like the art on a project, I will drop it no matter how good the storyline is. If the art isn't cohesive enough for me... Or is it, if it isn't catchy enough for me, I just, I can't do it. That's why it took me so long to watch Rick and Morty, because the art for me was n not good. <laughs> I know, it kills me, because I'll try to recommend something to you that I know the story is good on. Yes. And I, I can grip my teeth with art a little bit easier than you can. Yes. But I like this. It's hard for me, because when you grow up with Batman the Animated Series and Justice League Unlimited... All the Bruce Timm stuff. All the Bruce Timm stuff, and then and, and then you get stuff like Avatar The Last Airbender. All of these shows, they have amazing art, but if you, you know, if they didn't have a good story, it wouldn't work. Same thing goes for comic books. If you don't have something that catches your eye, which, again, you can have a very simplistic comic. Some of these things that I'm going to talk about later are very simplistic in design, but they are very well done simplistically you just got to have a good a good flow with your art as well as story i agree like i said as much as i'm not a huge art stickler i, I can tell if, an, if the art is really bad because i won't be able to get through a comic myself but it has to be like really tough well, the same way that you've gotten me back into like physical comic book issues you now have a ton of art from Artist Alley whenever we go to a Comic-Con. I do. I appreciate that. A ton. That. I appreciate that you got me into Artist Alley as much <laughs> as you did. That's one of my favorite parts of the con now. I 
I like this issue a lot. This was this is more or less what I was looking for. I, I I just wish that it showed more of Batman with the people in his life instead of just putting him straight on a new adventure. But I'm interested to see where it goes. I like Catwoman putting her boot on the guard's head and Batman being like, "Oh, is that nice?" And she's sass. It's sassy. Selena just being like, "Oh, nag, nag, nag." You can sass see is strong with that. You one. can see the marital bliss already blossoming here. Reminded me a wonder, little bit of our relationship. I wonder if he's questioning what am I getting myself into? Oh, he knows what he's getting into. I'm sure. Uh, so on this show, what we do is we rate the comics on a scale of uh, zero to five. I usually rate them on monkeys, mm-hmm. and Matt will rate them on robots. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take Matt's role today, and you're going to rate the robots. I'm going to give this book, um, I'm going to give it th- 3.8 monkeys. I'm going to say about three and a half robots. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Why not? Like I said, it's, it's more or less what I was looking for, uh, but... I want more of him with the Justice League and the Robins and the Bat family and stuff like that. But we'll see where it goes. Uh, I trust in Tom King. Just like, what's what's the saying from The Dark Knight? I believe in Harvey Dent. I believe in Tom King. Yeah. Let's go into the next Batman, because we got doubled the Batman this week. We also have Batman the Drowned, which is another one of these Dark Knights tie-ins in metal. Because the Dark Knights are here. We talked about the Red Death on this show a few weeks ago. Uh, you... Just binged and caught up on metal. I did. You read that you caught up on the main metal story as well as all of these Dark Knights tie-ins. I have a slight problem. I can't read them when they come out. I have to build them up a little bit and then go in one shot because my life is just really busy. Yeah, you need to read like by trades. I do. You can't read by single issues. You need to wait for a whole story to come out, which I can appreciate. And I'm kind of moving that way with a lot of things myself, especially like image comics. I feel well, adulting is hard. Adulting is hard <laughs> once you as you have responsibilities and stuff like that. Just reading by the trade is is uh, not only easier but better for some of these stories. Mm-hmm. But you read all the Dark Knight stuff. Which one uh, has been your favorite so far? It's really hard for me. I really liked the Red Death. I like the Flash. Wally is my favorite, but Flash is still a great character. It was a good story for me. I loved seeing the dynamic between Bruce and Barry, and like that, it was very heart wrenching for me to see Barry trying to talk through to him. I mean, we had the other characters like Cyborg and you know what, trying to talk him through. You know, this isn't you. There's still good left in you. Don't do this. But seeing Barry stuck in there, as you called it, like in a firestorm sort of scenario. Yeah, he's got like a matrix. It, it was heart wrenching for me. It's it's super sad, and it was just really bad. But if I had to choose, like this drowned and the Red Death would be very close. But I, it, you know. Red Death was still better for me. I love the Red Death. We that was one we talked about. That was one that started it. If you go back a few episodes on this show, and that one had the benefit of being the first one, so it kind of set the stage. And there was world building involved, where you kind of learned about the dark multiverse. You know, I, I but I still love that story. I also Murder Machine was okay, but I liked the Dawnbreaker a lot, the Green Lantern one, because that was also the first one where it wasn't just Batman stealing someone else's powers like he actually like he didn't steal the green lantern ring from hal jordan he just he got the green lantern ring when his parents died as a kid and there was just some real power and emotion to it and i you know i liked the art i like that they have for the most part on these one shots they have the actual writers and artists that are working on these characters so the red death was the writer and artist from flash and 
Dawnbreaker was the writer and artist from Green Lantern, and same thing here. So this week we have The Drowned, which is the the quote-unquote Aquaman version of Batman from A Dark Universe, where he is actually a she, Bryce Wayne. Gender-bent. It's all gender-bent. Everything from this Earth-11 is gender-bent, so it was Bryce Wayne as Batwoman. Uh, they were in love with Sylvester Kyle. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really clever. A really nice spin on the whole cat woman. I'm very, I'm, I'm like ninety five percent sure that it's Sylvester because of the Looney Tunes cat. Yep, it kind of has to be. It has to be. Yeah, <laughs> but and then I guess in their world, you know, the Atlanteans came and there was a huge war, and she kind of she basically stole the Atlantean what bio, biological chemistry of their their whole yeah. being yeah, and yeah. She, inverted it into herself. She biologically modified herself and so she has like, you know, she has like Mira's kind of water telekinesis and all the same Atlantean powers. And it was intense. I feel like this issue spent a little bit more time in the present in the quote unquote present day with like the Dark Knights invading Earth Zero. Yes. Whereas some of the other ones just solely focused on built up where they were coming from. Yeah, this one spent more time with, you know, the drowned fighting Aquaman and Mira. But I, which I was fine. I thought there was a good balance to it. it. Took a little while to get into it, but I like I like that these stories are all picking apart Batman's different flaws. Yes, like this one was so, mu- and and like cranking it up to to eleven, as Spinal <laughs> Tap would say, and or as we would say, as, you would say. as often. Um, inside joke for only us that no one will understand. Uh, yep. But like it was all just like about Batman's trust. Like it's no secret that Batman has trust issues. But he can usually keep it within a realm of reason. And if it ever gets out of hand, like in Mark Wade's Tower of Babel or something like that, it's it's the crux of it. But like these this story here and these stories are really showing how Batman's lack of trust or any of his other flaws, if taken the wrong way, can really cause disastrous results. And, and as someone who likes kind of, I don't even know if I call it deep storytelling, but just good storytelling in general, I like that we're picking apart Batman in every single way and kind of exploiting his flaws. If you've ever seen the episode of Teen Titans, not Go, but Teen Titans with Raven, where they... What's Teen Titans Go? That's not, oh, a, sh- no. that's not a show that exists <laughs> as far as I know. Some people like it. Don't hate on it. I just... Not for me. There's an episode where Raven, Beast Boy, and Cyborg go into her room and they find a mirror and they get teleported into her mind and in her mind there's different versions of her and it's basically the same thing it's just each each one of these characters each one of these team members these batmans these dark knights is it's basically like that there it's a personality and it, it's just emphasized it's it's great I'll take that. I mean, we're working our way through Teen Titans together slowly. Slowly. I've seen it like four times since we've met over and over again. You could, because I come over to your house and we start watching something and then I leave and you just keep watching. Because you're too slow. I watched Avatar The Last Airbender like five times over in the course of the time that we've known each other. I know, because you were so (laughs) hell-bent on getting me to watch the show with you and I agreed. But then, like I said, I can't like just spend... A, like however many days straight just binge watching a show like I have, I have work and stuff yes and, and you have work and stuff yes but you just I don't sleep you, but you just keep watching the show after I leave <laughs> we got through it don't worry 
But I don't know. What did you think of the of the art on this? Let's let's call it the artist real quick. Philip Tan and Tyler Kirkham are on pencils and inks, presumably. Dean White and Arif Prianto are on colors. It was gorgeous. It. I love Aquaman. I. It, that was Jeff Johns. Aquaman is the comic run that you introduced me to that got me back into superhero comics and finding someone to draw to meet the to come to par with what he had done that book that run the new 52 run of Aquaman ivan had Rice. done thank uh, you ivan Rice. that was phenomenal to me i loved it i couldn't get over it i was so disappointed every time there was a new run of aquaman because it just didn't meet up with that one and the art on this one is amazing. It's gorgeous. It's detailed. It's dark. It's gritty. It's light. It's it's really good. And even the cover, the cover of this comic, it is like steampunk, you know, almost like Aqua Woman Batman. And I'm sure someone's going to cosplay this, if not multiple people will cosplay this at a con because it's just that great looking. It's gorgeous. I do like the cover by Jason Fabuck. You know, I love Jason Fabuck. Can't wait for him and Tom King have a Swamp Thing holiday special coming out in uh, January that I can't wait for. There's a little uh, uh, article about it on Monkey's Fighting Robots. You can go check it out. Uh, also, while we're giving shout outs to things on the site, I want to say Batman 33 that we were talking about a few minutes ago. There is a full review of that up on Monkey Fighting Robots, written by Manny Gomez. Go check it out. He's a regular Batman writer. He does a great job. There's also a review up of Batman. Yeah, go Manny. There's also a uh, Batman the Drowned full review. All the books we're talking about today, there are full reviews up on Monkey's Fighting Robots, so you can definitely check it out. I I can't wait to see these cosplays, especially because the Dark Knights are... It's a band of people, so I'm sure there's going to be a group of friends cosplaying as the Dark Knights. Oh my gosh, it would be so good. Do you want to cosplay as the Drowned? I don't, I don't, co- I would love to cosplay. I don't cosplay. It would be fun. But we always talk about we it. We talk about it. I just don't have the time to make anything. That's so not true. I, I don't, not for myself. You just I make spend so much, people. you just spend so much time making like Halloween wreaths for people. For people, not for myself. <laughs> you should make this for yourself. You should make one thing for yourself and it should be this. It would be awesome. I like the art as well. Just you know, Some characters like Aquaman or the Flash, they lend themselves to really good artwork just because of the nature of their characters. You know, the Flash, you're dealing with the speed force and speed and you have to do different things. Aquaman, you're dealing with water and moving in weird, funky ways. So I think that they did a, a really good job on this as well. I'll probably put this, you know, again, we've only had four of these Dark Knight spinoffs so far, but it's in my top three. And Wonder Woman is next. And and the Merciless Wonder Woman is next. Yeah, I, I can't wait. And I just can't wait to get to the Batman who laughs at the end. You love that. It's, I do. There's it's a... Dominatrix Batman. Maybe. He's got the leather and the dog collars and the chains. Are we are we revealing on this podcast right now that I'm into like Dominatrix stuff? Are you? I, we've never like had this conversation before. It's, ne- no. it's never come up in our conversations. This is so not Gerald's game. We are not finding this out later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Okay, we'll, we'll get that clear. I'm not. I'm not saying <laughs> to the dominatrix stuff right now. But I am looking forward to it. Uh, what are you giving this book out of robots? Um, probably a four. I will match your four. Good. I will match your four. This was. Uh, a good entry. I'm really liking this. I'm liking the whole metal event. It's it's not like some events and some tie-ins where I feel like it's so marketing driven and that they're just like forcing all these books at you and just getting to spend your cash and it's, you know, kind of pointless. 
there all of these books and tie-ins have really kind of uh, had weight for me and have told good stories. I haven't felt cheated out of any of them so far. Yeah. So. Good on Scott Snyder for arch- architecting this whole event. Great job, Scott. Sherlock Frankenstein and the Legion of Evil issue one is out this week from Dark Horse. It is the first spin-off comic from the world of Black Hammer. It's written by Jeff Lemire, who writes the uh, normal Black Hammer comic. Uh, art on this book is by David Rubin with Dave Stewart on colors. So this is, it centers on Lucy Weber, who's the daughter of Black Hammer. And if you're reading the regular Black Hammer comic, you know that she has kind of made her way into this alternate dimension or wherever it is that these old-school heroes have been transported to. But uh, Sherlock Frankenstein takes place a little bit before that, where she's still kind of looking for these heroes and looking for her dad, and she decides to go to an asylum to kind of try to track down some of their greatest rogues, Sherlock Frankenstein being one of them, to see if maybe she can get some clues from from that. And this book, I was looking forward to this book because I love Black Hammer and I love Jeff Lemire as as you know, Brooke, and as everyone who listens to this podcast knows, but this uh, this book was not what I was expecting. I, you know, I like Jeff Lemire, too. You've sent me his stuff. I've read it. I wouldn't have picked him up on my own without you recommending him, and I've read Black Hammer. I've read a couple of the issues before. I just didn't have time to keep up with all of the media that you shoved down my throat, um, but this one, I probably would have stopped reading it after the first couple of pages if I'd didn't have to read it to help you out with the podcast. It just didn't jive with me. Um, the writing was good, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't my cup of tea. And the art, I didn't really care for. I mean, when they were doing, like, the comic-y costume cape and cowl type things. The battles. And, and stuff like that. It was, it was good. But when you go to the people, the art was weird for me. Um, some people like that though. Some people like that. I, you know, just, it didn't catch me. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't against the art. The art did kind of take me back. David Rubin, it was a good call on this book. Um, I don't know if I want to say marketing wise or PR wise, just because he does another big book for Dark Horse called Ether that I love that Matt Kent writes. And that's more of a Doctor Strange meets Sherlock kind of book. So they're dealing with like alternate dimensions and weird outlandish mystical. mystical stuff really trippy artwork and his style works really well with that even though yeah his faces are a little bit wonky and cartoony but but they don't take me out of it completely I, I liked him on this book like you said some of the capes and cowl stuff was good I do feel like getting a, a different artist kind of something more in like a, a Mike Mignola vein would have worked Mike Mignola the creator of Hellboy and you know the guy that basically built Dark Horse um among other people I don't want like take credit away from other creators but like he did a variant cover for this that is just so good and if you read the main black hammer comic it kind of creates a very uh dark very kind of stoic and bleak vibe and david rubin's bright and colorful work is kind of the antithesis of that and i you know so i feel like maybe a different artist could have done more with this i also wasn't expecting this to be so closely tied in to the main black hammer comic yeah. I was expecting more of, you know, I thought these spinoffs were going to be taking place like in the past where you see these these heroes like Black Hammer and Golden Gale and Abraham Slam actually fighting their foes from the past. I thought it was going to be like world building and expanding the universe of Black Hammer. 
But this one's basically just kind of a prequel to the main story. See, when I read it, you didn't tell me that it was in the same universe as Black Hammer. So I was reading it and I'm like, is this just a knockoff of what Black Hammer was? And then, then you, you know, you know, simplified it for me and said that it was kind of like a prequel for it. And I was like, oh, I was like, this doesn't even feel like it's in the same vein because it's so a little bit different for me. Yeah, I don't, well, see, I don't like, I didn't prepare you for that stuff because yeah. whenever I try to prepare Matt for this podcast and try to give him background things, he just completely ignores me. He just likes to go, he likes to go into the books cold. Just so. tell him to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that works for you. It doesn't work as well for me. I do that. Like I'll send him a book and I'll be like, hey, here's what you need to know before you read this book. And he just on air, he'll be like, yeah, no, I didn't. I don't, I don't listen to anything that you say. I just read the book cold. Oh, you need to be a little more forceful. Maybe you need to take a class on dominatrix. It might help. Maybe. Do you want to go with me? No. Let's go to dominatrix classes. No. Remember 11? <laughs> 11. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give this book a solid three out of five monkeys. I'll give it a two and a half. But that's just because it's my personal preference. I'm sure it'll be great for other people. Yeah, and, and I'll see where it goes. Maybe now that I know what this series is, and that it's not, you know, what I thought it was, that it's, that it's more of a prequel and it's closely tied into the regular Black Hammer comic, uh, maybe now that I know that, I'll, I'll have a different appreciation for issue two. And maybe some of these, as they go on, will take a different vein. There, was just, there wasn't enough in this single issue to hook me. There wasn't any action. Right. Well, hopefully as it progresses, you'll get your world building. Hopefully. I'm still on the Jeff Lemire train. I'm not, I'm not getting off. No. Anytime soon. Well, Brooke, I brought you on the show not only to talk about... Because you were desperate. No, not, beca not, only, not because I was desperate, not because <laughs> we had books to review for this week, but because you have an outlook on comics that I don't have and that Matt doesn't have and that we haven't had on the show so far. Aside from, you know, liking American comics and superhero comics, you are huge into manga and webtoons. Yep, that is my media. That is your media, and that's a voice that we have lacked on this show so far, as well as you're the first female guest that we've had on the show so far, so congratulations! <laughs> Thanks! You're, you're, you're Rosa Parks, you're Susan B. Anthony, you're, you're the first female on the comic show on Monkeys Fighting Robots. I don't know if I'm that great, but... Uh... You are to me. Oh, that's so sweet. You're welcome. Yeah. I love you. So, <laughs> <laughs> You're going to delete that. No, I'm not. That's staying in the show. <laughs> Everyone needs to know. I'm proclaiming my love for you on the internet. So I, I asked you to bring a couple of manga and a couple of webtoons that you want to talk about that we can recommend to people that maybe are looking to get into these different medias. So go ahead. Take it away with your first manga. Well, I won't name any of the big ones like Fairy Tail or Naruto or Bleach or anything like One Piece. They, you know, people know those even if they don't know, aren't familiar with the genre. Um, but there are two out of the thousands, hundreds that I've read that I tried to narrow it down to that I really liked that I know don't get enough recognition. Um, Which is what we're all about on this show. I, I, I like my deep cuts. Yeah, I like the indie stuff and I like the uh, underdogs. And maybe you do know of these. If you've heard of them, that's great. The first one I wanted to talk about was Siren. It is by Iwashiro Toshiaki. And I'm looking at your paper here, and Siren is spelled differently. So if people are Googling this, I want them to know. It's... Yes, P-S-Y-R-E-N. Um, not Siren as the, you know, sea mermaid. Uh, it, 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 it's a great book. It's a completed series. It is 16 English volumes by Viz. And it basically follows the journey of a high school, almost kind of like pessimistic delinquent kid named Ajiha. Their world is present day Japan and people are disappearing. There's a lot going on. 
Um, he is very down on the world and just everything is just going to shit. And he has a, a schoolmate that he's not really close with, but he used to know. And she's very stoic and withdrawn from society. And as people in Japan start disappearing in large groups, the police can't figure it out. Nobody can figure it out. And then one the, the classmate in question disappears as well. And he eventually gets drawn into this whole debacle by walking past a telephone booth. Didn't know those existed anymore. And he hears it ringing. He picks it up and there is a voice on the other line talking about Siren. And eventually he gets this red card from the telephone booth. He accepts it and then he leaves. And he keeps trying to investigate about Siren, trying to figure out what it is because he knows his classmate is missing and he thinks this has something to do with it. He goes back to the telephone booth. They have a survey, a question, and uh, he answers all of them. And then some sort of creature, Nemesis Q, we later found out, pops up and invites him to Siren. And now every time a phone rings, he has to answer it. Otherwise, the sound gets louder and louder and louder until he could bust his eardrums. And he gets transported to another world. And we don't know what this world is. We can't... We as the story progresses, you figure it out. But um, it, in this world, they have to fight their way through. It's like a game. And they have to get to the end line, the goal. But there's monsters and creatures and things that are preventing them. And every time they make it through, they go back to their world. They try and figure out what's going on with this other world. And it just progresses. And it's it's got great leads, great character development. It's got strong female characters, which I love personally. Because who can stand those ditzy girls unless, you know, you're into that. And it's just a really well-developed story and there's a lot of plot twists. It's good. And sadly, there is no anime for this. It was actually cancelled um, at 145 chapters, which is about equal to an issue in comic book world. And um, One chapter is equal to one issue. Yes. Not 120-something chapters are equal Obviously. to Obviously. Just clarifying for the people out there in internet land. <laughs> but um, apparently the magazine that it was being published in was targeting middle school boys. And this this manga, Siren, it is gear, it should be geared a little more to, you know, older people. It's a little smarter. It's a little hard to... You, they jump back and forth through worlds. you got to figure out which one they're in, how they're developing this, what they're doing. And... Um, it's, it's really popular, I found, among people that are more like our age. And um, it's, just, it's just a really good, solid, overall manga for me. It's, like I said, a lot of action. Romance is very subtle. It's, yeah. it's not you, crazy. You don't care for romance. I'm not. You always tell me I hate love. You I hate don't. Love. I just, you hate love. <laughs> I don't hate love. I hate... But you I, love fantasy, so this sounds right up your alley. It's great. Check it out. If you love it, great. If you don't, you know, find something else. Cool. Um, I have I have questions that I want to ask you just about manga in general. But before I sure. do, let's talk about the, the, the other book that you want to talk about. Get that out of the way and then I'll just kind of tie the two together with some general manga questions. Sounds good. Because I want to talk about this next manga because I actually know some things about this next manga. A little bit. A from, little From bit. what you actually bothered to listen to me saying about it when oh, I first started reading it. I listen to you all the time. What are you talking about? Don't make me look bad <sighs> on the Selective internet. Selective hearing at its most. Um, no, the second one is called Until Death Do Us Part. 
It is by Takashige Hiroshi, and Double S is the artist. Uh, it's their pen name. It is a completed series as well. It's 13 volumes printed by Yen Press in English. It has a mature rating. There's gore, there's sexual scenes, there's violence. It is um, very mature. The best way I can describe this manga is um, Samurai Daredevil it takes on underworld crime and we discover things along the way. That That's like the, the bottom line. But basically it surrounds this girl named Haruka. She's a preteen young girl. She has precognitive abilities. She has a 90% accuracy uh, for, for seeing the future in relevance to her. And um, the underworld organizations of pretty much the entire world have somehow managed to figure this out. And the main underworld organization, like the top dog, is called X-Solid. And they want her. They want her abilities so that they can, you know excel in their business their weapons their whatever gambling it doesn't matter what it is they just they need her and they're doing anything that they can to get a hold of her so when we open she's kidnapped she's in a car with some goons the yakuza and she's trying to use her ability to find anybody that can help save her life and in her vision she sees this blind samurai walking down the street and she jumps out of the car and says please save me and she like pulls him away and they're running away and then they get cornered and she says I need I want to contract with you to help me and the thing that she he says well for how long and she says until death do us part and we're just like oh my gosh and he is named Hijikata Mamro he is a kenjutsu master if you don't know what kenjutsu is it is a master swordsman and he he kicks ass he I call him like the samurai daredevil, but he doesn't actually use his other senses to see. He has these specially developed sunglasses that emit um, sonar, and it bounces back and feeds into his retinas. You just call him samurai daredevil because you know that'll appeal to me, and actually, of and that'll get me to listen to you. And he's talk. blind. He's blind, and he and he, it works for the record because I remember this does. manga because you called him samurai daredevil. Exactly, one of the few mangas that you actually remember me talking about. But it's great. So he, you know, fights off these goons. He saves her. And then we find out that he's actually kind of part of a vigilante group of some sort. He goes, takes her back to this van. There's another guy in there. And he's kind of like his his techie guy, his, um, his Merlin, if you have ever seen Kingsman. And that is... Oh, Merlin. Merlin. <laughs> they go back and we slowly start to discover more about this whole scenario of what's going on why they want her and him trying to protect her and yeah it's actiony it's the art's great storyline's great check it out um you probably won't be sorry you did and you, you did great just like talking about like the stories and you know the the strong female leads and the the themes and whatnot and everything from a story basis these sound that these sound great now, from an art basis, I don't want to sound ignorant in terms of manga. I'm not a manga reader. I'm just not. But a lot of manga art looks very similar to me. From what you've seen? From what I've seen, a lot of manga art looks really similar to me. Now, you, as someone who is, you know, been in this world for so long and read so much manga, are you able to see, like, the fine differences between all these art styles? Like, can you... Like, the way that I, I could look at a comic and look, oh, like, that's, that's Greg Capullo, or that's Jason Fabok, or that's... 
Steve Ditko or Jack Kirby. Like, could you do that with certain manga artists? Not yeah. not even saying just by name, but like either by name or just saying, oh, this is the same guy that drew whatever. Yes, it, like you will find a lot of manga, especially shoujo mangas, which are directed towards teenage girls. There are a lot of similarities in those mangas. You find a lot of the same artists in their very similar styles. But when you start getting into, you know, an expanded genre and stuff like that, you find very different art. There's, there's, they learn how to draw gritty. Um, Until Death Do Us Part is pretty gritty. Siren is, if you've seen Bleach and stuff, I would compare Siren's art to Bleach almost. Uh, very similar. But I know Bleach. You know Bleach, and um, but yeah, their artists, all the artists have their own styles. You can pick out similarities, and you can pick out differences. Not everyone's the same, but there are a lot of artists that do a lot of the same the same work. I I haven't checked out as much manga. You know, you got me into anime. We've started watching anime, and um, I want to get into manga and stuff. But, I mean, you have, like, some good examples here. Like, one's more of, like, you know, sci-fi fantasy story. Yes. One's more of, like, a vigilante story, crime story, mm-hmm. which is right up my alley. That's I'm probably going to read that and check that out. Uh, but it's it's just interesting because, you know, just same way that, like, a lot of people just kind of lump comics together, mm-hmm. which drives me crazy, where people are just like, oh, comics are comics. I'm like, no, there's so many, like, genres and differences and nuances in comics. I, I feel like sometimes people, like, feel the same way about manga on a much larger scale, or like, oh, manga's manga, and it's the same thing as anything else. You have all these different genres. You do. It's it's good storytelling, though. That's all that matters. It's good storytelling. The art's not horrible. It's actually really good, and, you know, it's a different, you know, medium, but check it out. Don't let anybody bash it and say, oh, it's manga. It, it's it's not manga. It's just another form of comic. Yeah, it's just, a, yeah, they're just other comics. Yeah. As are webtoons. See that segue? I saw that segue. Was that a great segue? Great. You segue did so King good. over here. Uh, you so you love webtoons as well, which are for anyone not in the know are you you probably know what webtoons are. If you're a fan of like Sarah Scribbles or Katana Comics or any of those like little mini comics that show up in your Facebook feed that you just like when you're scrolling through, those are webtoons basically, right? Yes. Yes. And you, can, I know this from experience. You can spend hours just like sitting in your bed catching up on webtoons. Instead of reading comics that I ask you to read, like Saga or Why the Last Man, or they're accessible for me. They're accessible, and I I get you know Saga is amazing. I've read a couple of the you know first couple of trade paperbacks. They're they're good, but I am very much about like these these. I like supporting the indie artists. I like the people who are going to work, working a full time job, doing school, and doing all that, and then they still somehow manage to put out these amazing comics all by themselves and they aren't getting paid for it like they might get a little bit of money from like line or tapas if they get a premium comic or if people like view it enough and get it out there but some of these you know webtoons that i read they aren't getting any recognition and they are so good i just don't understand how people aren't aware of them um all right so do your thing preach tell some people what a couple of webtoons that they should be reading now that way we can support these uh local not local, but some of these, like, you know, small indie artists. Well, one of them is a more well-known webtoon, but if you're not familiar with it, um, it is called Unordinary. It is by Uru-chan. It follows a high school, a private high school called Wellston, and the main character's name is John. 
He is, for all intensive purposes, a powered cripple. He has no superpowers, and everybody in this world has a power. And when you are a cripple, you're discriminated against because there is a hierarchy in this world, and the more powerful you are, the higher your rank is. Um, so we're following John trying to survive through this school, um, and it, it, it's emotional. The art is amazing. The storyline is fantastic. Um, it's just very compelling, and you just want to keep knowing what's going to happen because she leaves you on a lot of cliffhangers, and you're just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's great. I love being able to scream at my phone. I, I, I just do. Um, but as the story advances, we do uncover secrets and things, and it's just really well written, and she does a great job. So... That is one of the first ones I would like to mention. The second one, there's so many, but the second one I would like to talk about is um, How to Be a Werewolf. Now this one is not featured on Premium. This is one that you have to hunt for on Discover Online Webtoons. The storyline is good. It's, it speaks for itself, How to Be a Werewolf. It follows the story of Malaya. She was bit by a werewolf as a girl, and she has no idea what's happening. She, and then it follows her into her 20s, where she's basically become a social outcast. She goes from home to work at the coffee shop and back. And that's all she does. She has no social life because of how fearful she is of losing control of her werewolf powers. Um, and then she meets another werewolf. And it basically follows her trying to figure out how to live in the world as a werewolf without fear of, you know, losing control. There are other groups, there's witches, there's everything, all the supernaturals that you can think of. And it's just, it, it's funny. It's funny, it's smart, the characters are really well written. Um, the art, I think I may have already said it, it's amazing. It's really well drawn. Um, it's done by Sean Lenore, does the whole thing. It's, it's, it, just check it out. It's great. It's really great. I wish this had more followers, had more, more of a backing so that it could be a premium comic so that this person could get more recognition for great work. Do I have time for more or no? Sure. Keep going. Name a couple of other, just, you know, you just tear through some titles that you, that you'd recommend for people just with like some quick summaries. Cool. Um, the next one is a premium one online webtoon. It is called Miss Abbott and the Doctor. As you all have heard, I hate love, but this one is a Victorian rom-com. It is a um, great story by Mari Paz Villar. This is one of those comics I was talking about where the art is very minimal and simplistic, but it is fantastic. She knows what she's doing. She's got a great story, strong female lead, strong male lead, and it's just hysterical. It has you laughing your ass off. Just just check it out. Check it out. Just check all of them out. Look at all of them. All the ones that I'm talking about. Just look at them. Um, next one, Glacius. It's uh, by Iruna and Nawa. It's about a world of dragons where humans are hunting dragons or killing them. They don't want to live with them. They think they're dangerous. But there's a young boy, Juka, who befriends a water dragon, Lith. And they're trying to make a world where people and dragons can live together. This one is one of the comics that I actually support on Patreon. I love it. The art is goddamn gorgeous. It's amazing. I just, oh, I can't get enough of it. Whenever it updates, I like almost break my phone. 
there's a million more I'd list, but I know that Anthony would probably start screaming at me. No, are you kidding me? I love this. Because just the same way that when I started this podcast, you were happy because I had an outlet to talk comics, so I didn't have to spew it on you all the time. <laughs> oh, God. This is me giving you your chance to spew all your webtoons stuff. was like one stuff. of the few times I would thank Matt. <laughs> so this is fine. This is your chance to, you know, spew and stuff. But I do like webtoons because you got me reading, you know, a handful of them myself, and they're like they're a master class in in pacing and tight storytelling because a lot of these guys they have very short time and space to tell a story and tell a chapter like you're not going through 20 pages you're going mm-hmm. through a few panels so all like the transitions and you know the panel to panel motion and stuff has to be really tight so if you're if you're into art and storytelling through art it's amazing to watch how these guys you know tell a story visually and like you were saying, a lot of these guys are really small, independent people who have day jobs. And, the, you know, hopefully one day we see them working on bigger things for bigger companies and getting paid full time to do this stuff. And they're showing that they have the ability to do so. Yes. Because a Marvel or a DC or an Image or a Dark Horse, they're not just going to hire you on talent alone. Yeah. Like just being able to draw will not get you a job. Being able to tell a story through your art in a tight, concise way, that's what's going to get you a job, and that's what these guys are These people doing. are very well-rounded in yeah. the whole realm. It's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's what keeps me coming back to them. They, they know what they're doing, and uh, they can tell a good story. Yeah. And, and I hate to say that it's free, but it is free. So if you don't want to lose money on anything, just download the app, look at them, and then you know support them to the best of your ability. Yeah. And again, we mentioned the apps really briefly, but let's just touch on them again. It's Line Webtoon. Line L- Webtoon. L-I-N-E. Which is Webtoon. all of the tunes that I've talked about are from Line right now. I was going to mention a few from Tapas, but that's okay. <laughs> but that's another app that you can check out, Tapas. Tapas yeah, Tapas. So. It used to be uh, Taptastic, but now it's Tapas. So. Oh, I get it. Tap like it's on your phone, so you yeah. tap the screen. I, I, well, it's awesome. I'm glad that we finally got a voice on here to talk about some different media's within comics because they all are comics. Even though I was saying earlier, you know, sometimes people like to put them in their own little box, but these are all comics. We're all about talking about different kinds of comics here, guys. If you haven't checked out any manga or webtoons, give it a shot. If you love comics, these should be right up your alley. It should be an easy transition for you. And if you do read manga, if you do read webtoons, tweet us some more suggestions. Tweet me some more suggestions. We'll talk about them. Uh, hopefully we have Burke on the show again. Hopefully Matt disappears. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> okay. hopefully Matt again, disappears. To, to, so we can get you on the show again. You Be honest. Let's just hope whoever has him returns him safely. <laughs> you think he was kidnapped? Who knows? Oh, no. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. Jesus. No, Matt is actually, Matt's in Miami. Matt's not in Miami. <laughs> Did you kidnap Matt so you could be on the show in his place? I'm slowly trying to get rid of him so I can steal his daughter Alice because she's the cutest thing in the world. But Matt, Matt's wife is still there to take care of Alice. Shh. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no, Matt's in Miami for some awesome Thor Ragnarok stuff. So keep an eye on Monkeys Fighting Robots for uh, his coverage of Thor Ragnarok, which I can't wait for. You can't wait for Thor Ragnarok either, right? We're friends from work. That'll never get old for me. <laughs> I love, oh, I can't wait for this movie. All right, Brooke, thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. What would you do without me? I would live a miserable life. And I will <laughs> say that on the internet for all to hear. And guys, on just a, a more somber note, I want to end the show on a down note. Uh, I do just want to say a formal goodbye to my dog, Shay. Rest in peace, buddy. I love you. You're the only German Shepherd 
that makes Ace the Bat Hound take a back seat. Once again, there are several ways to continue the conversation after the show. Follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots. You can look at all of our silly photos on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore great underscore ace. You cannot follow Brooke on Twitter because she does not have an account. The biggest compliment we receive is when the subscriber number goes up on Blog Talk Radio or iTunes or Stitcher. Once again, if you have a chance, we will greatly appreciate a review of our show on iTunes. Just a quick five-star review will help us shoot up. And, and tweet me if you do it. Leave us a five-star review. Tweet me at the Great Ace. Say, hey, man, I left a five-star review. I will personally thank everyone who does that. And as always, the best way to listen to the show is on our website, monkeysfightingrobots.com. Well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? There are so many people that made the 17th episode of the comic show on Monkeys Fighting Robots a success. Go check out Uncanny Heroes in Tampa and make sure to get yourself a bag of Nerd Roast Coffee. Special shout-out to my fill-in co-host, Brooke Thomas. Thank you, thank you. Jessica Wynn designed the Monkeys Fighting Robots logo, Are You a Monkey or Are You a Robot? The staff at Visual Realm built our website and keeps us up and running. To all of our friends, family, and the interweb, thank you so very much for your support. I am Anthony Capasto, and this is Monkeys Fighting Robots. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.